Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make our decisions. And when even the experts sound convincing, but they disagree, how do we cut through the noise? And how do we sift through all of the information overload and choose what actually governs our lives? Our leadership here at Grace has been processing these things and praying for all of us, so we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Jeff, how are we doing, buddy? Good, Joe. Excellent. Doing well. So fantastic. Oh, wow. Maybe we're having a counseling session today, Jeff. Yeah, maybe. Tell That's not a bad idea. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't think you're lying, but I don't think there's. it's that simple either. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think... I think uh, Everybody feels a version of like my mind's exhausted in their life right now because mm-hmm. I think supply chain issues, the economy, cultural change, COVID still very much around. Like I, I just think like you go to work, you're dealing with these crazy, unusual things and home and school. And so I'm just relating to everybody. That's the way I feel. <laughs> Well, I was going to say right before you kind of explained yourself that uh, speaking of shoving down your feelings, today's topic is toxic masculinity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Um, but then you wouldn't explain yourself. and That's right. There's nothing wrong with me. That's right. I'm fantastic all the time. Uh, yeah, so that actually is today's feelings topic. Feelings are though. for girls. <laughs> you didn't know that, Joe. If you'd like to submit questions and mixed messages. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to dive into this topic about toxic masculinity and what does it mean? How is it misunderstood? Um, are there elements of the toxicity that somehow we're called to? Um, you know, how do we navigate this? Because our culture, um, I think a lot of our culture, I should say, continues to push that there's this overbearing toxic masculinity that's happening all over the place. How do we deal with that as the church, as Christian men, um, and, and kind of wade our way through these waters? Yeah. You know, I, I think you have to start with uh, the term. Sure. And so toxic masculinity, the question is who gets to define that? Mm, yeah. And so um, I think what I have seen a lot is that masculinity is often defined as toxic. Yep. And I think that that's, uh, sometimes it's unfair. Um, sometimes it's it's almost a reverse prejudice a little bit. Hmm. And then, um, and, and then sometimes um, it is toxic masculinity. There's mm-hmm. a perversion of masculinity. So a toxic masculinity in my definition, so I think we have to define the term. Yep, yep. So in my definition would be something like the abuse of power, uh, over-sexualized, the macho-ism, the the I don't have feelings and I don't deal with them and everything that's artistic is not manly and that kind of stuff. So that's a toxic masculinity. Um, and then there's variations of that. Anything abusive, anything that's lording power over someone weaker because yeah. I'm a man and you're a woman or mm-hmm. I'm a man and you're a child, um, that's the, the toxic side of it. I think what happens a lot of times, though, in our culture, and I'm 
probably going to get pushback on this, so um, I'm prepared, but is being a man, our, our culture is often feminized. Hmm. And so being a man is often um, considered unacceptable in some arenas of our culture. And to that, I would disagree. Um, I remember uh, for years ago, um, and this is like in the 90s, like way back in the day, there was this. There was a thing going around. All men are pigs, you know. And so it was a joke. All men are pigs, and and uh, uh, men would say all men are pigs, and then they'd come to me and they're like, "Well, you know, all men are pigs." And I would I would actually say, uh, "I'm not. Hmm. I'm not a pig." In fact, uh, if you call me a pig, you actually really insulted my wife, because now I guess she's stupid enough. She married a pig. Yeah. So I'm not a pig. I'm a man. Uh, my sex drive does not make me a pig. Um, me viewing the world differently than my mother or my wife does not make me a pig. Mm-hmm. Uh, me having a strength, the strength to disagree with you, does not make me a pig. Uh, me uh, having a different emotional process than you have does not make me a pig. Yeah. And so it was interesting um, when 9-11 happened, which is 20 years ago now, it fascinated me that there was a, a push on toxic masculinity. This is not a new conversation. But then suddenly we needed men to go to war. Mm. And we were like, go be a man. Go defend us. Go fight for us. Go protect us. And I'm like, that's interesting that now suddenly because we we need you to be manly mm-hmm. that uh, we're changing the terms of the conversation. Well, that's kind of like what you were saying when you were like, we got to define the terms because right. if, if, uh, if masculinity needs at times to be described as toxic masculinity – that would certainly imply that there's a different kind of masculine that's not toxic. And, but if you just throw it all together, you get confused real fast. And that's my point, right? So there, there's times that you want me to be masculine, mm-hmm. right? And and um, and there's times that uh, I I go overboard with that. There's times I go underboard with that. Like I, I just read an article recently about an inner city school that was having fights on a regular basis, and these men, fathers, formed. I think it's called the Dad Squad or something like that. Okay. You guys can Google it. But fathers started showing up at school. There hasn't been a fight since. Hmm. Right. <laughs> so, like, what happened is men acted like men. And they went, and they're like, you know what? The problem is, is that there needs to be leadership and strength uh, on display, and it suddenly settles school down. Now, I don't think that's toxic. Sure. I do think that's a very masculine response to something. And it was good, and it was needed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think uh, toxic masculinity is when um, – I have a, a child or two with a woman, and I won't marry her, I won't live with her, and I won't raise my kids. Right. Yep. So she has no choice but to be a strong, 
aggressive mother because your sex drive was toxic and you will not uh, accept the responsibilities of being a dad. I don't think that's because that woman's weak. I think it's because that man is, and that is actually the toxic part of it. Yeah. Where even if there was a divorce or or you decide to never get married, if that father was actually involved, the weight it would pull off of the mom, where they're sharing that weight yeah. as opposed to having it dumped on her. So I think that is as toxic as uh, the you're a little woman, do what I tell you to do, submit to me because God said mm-hmm. position and yeah. using my – possibly my physical strength and presence, my words to control, to manipulate, and all the rest. So I think that's why that like definition matters to me, because I actually think that um, a big part of what's wrong in our culture is that men aren't being masculine. Hmm. We're not using our strength to love and serve and help. Yeah. Um, and I think most women would say, if you're talking about masculinity in terms of loving, serving, helping, I'm all for that. Yeah. Like, it would help me to not have to parent the children alone. Mm -hmm. It would help me to not have to be the sole spiritual leader of my house. Yeah. That would help me. Sure. If you're talking about power and control and sexual uh, and uh, unhealthy sexuality, and manipulation and abandonment, that's, that's not just toxic masculinity, that's toxic humanity. <laughs> yep. You know, Absolutely. so, it, it, so the, the, I don't, I'm not trying to parse a word, I'm really not, I'm not trying to dodge an issue at all, but I'm like, it really, really matters what is meant when that term is thrown out there. Yeah, that's really good, because um, <clears throat> there are, um, there might even be people listening right now that are having a hard time parsing the difference between the two, especially based on what they've experienced. If they've had um, that unhealthy person, especially in a close relationship in their life, they're going to feel a lot of those um, you know, uh, pauses in life when it comes to dealing with other men simply because, gosh— if that's what being a man is, I don't want nothing to do with it. Yeah, and, and and the tragedy is most men don't have an example of a godly man mm-hmm. in their in their life. I mean, statistically, that's the way it plays. Sure. And so they don't know. You know, they they don't they they've never had modeled for them when to utilize their strength, um, etc. And so they they would say um, they might think. Uh, if I'm the leader of my home, it means I have to get control of my home <laughs> and, and that I have to make sure that my home does what I tell them to do. And I would push back and I would say, that's not what that means at all. That, that what it means is I'm first to sacrifice. Uh, I'll bear the weight of a difficult decision. Um, I, I absolutely listen to love and serve my wife and I take responsibility for my home. So if something is unhealthy, whether it's my wife, my children, myself, I'm the first to step up. I'm the first to own that. I'm the first to bring change. Um, I'm the one who invites my family into spirituality. I'm not drugged there by my wife. 
I'm the first to sacrifice, the first to give. Um, and that might be like um, the kids malfunctioned on mom and dad steps in, not in anger or rage, but says, hey, honey, do you want me to handle this? Would you like, or would you like us to handle it together? I'm not undercutting anybody's right. authority, yep. but I'm not abandoning my wife or my children because I don't feel like dealing with it. Yeah. To me, that is a partial description of healthy masculinity. And as a man, I should be willing to bear the most weight if necessary. Yeah. Right? Now, somehow that got turned in to tell my wife what to do. <laughs> and Ephesians 4 and 5 is very, very clear that we submit to one another. Submission is not gender-specific. Right. That's good. So we give the best of ourselves to one another, and as a, as a dad, as a father, as a man, I am the first to sacrifice and, and, and the first to care. Um. But I also, you know, I also see things differently. So Heidi and I have a great relationship. Heidi is a very strong, very smart, very capable, very independent individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I like that. Sure. <laughs> That's the kind of girl I like, you know. So, so like we're a great couple that way. We see things differently. Yeah. And, and uh, I value the way that Heidi sees it. The flip side of the coin is Heidi values the way I see things. And then I would say that ultimately there are times that Heidi will say, this is my opinion. And I'm like, well, this is mine. And she'll say some version of, it's your decision, but I don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. So I'm now looking and saying, am I willing to bear the weight of the, the leadership role my wife just gifted to me or gave to me? Mm-hmm. She's saying, I'm in. Um, I'm not going to undercut you, but I do not agree. Mm-hmm. And so the weight of that conviction, right? Yep. And, and it, that... I see the toxicity being more a dad that, or a husband or a man that won't do that. Yeah. That, that sees something negative or painful happening in his home or in the world and, and stares at his phone and walks away. Right. And um, to, to me, that's the toxic part of it. But that's the way I'm defining the term. One of the things that I feel like you're saying without yet saying is... Um, that I feel we, like this is a leading question, Joe. It is. <laughs> uh, uh, you gifted me that when you said I could be the host of this podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Touche. Uh, <laughs> but um, when the leadership that happens um, in the home, um, it, it's something that ha- – what are we leading to? Because if we're leading toward um, – we have to accomplish all of these things as a family. Um, we have to do these things as a family. Or are we leading our family toward health and relationship and connection and um, the same elements with God? Because if it's all about the productivity, well, then, hey, family, get behind me. We got stuff to do. Versus I'm trying to lead my family to be a healthy family. Yeah. Um, and, and so... It's a very different mindset on what that leadership and what that, in this case, manliness would mean um, to that husband or to that father. Yeah. I, I like to um, 
I like to say that the uh, the great parental privilege is power. Hmm. So I have, I, as a parent, I have authority. I have power over my children. I'm not, especially when they're children, right? I can pick a six-year-old up, and I can move them where I need to move them. <laughs> now, I can do that because they're annoying me, or I can do that because they're about ready to run into the street. Mm-hmm. But I have a strength, and I have a power that they don't have. Healthy masculinity is that. I have a power, maybe it's physically, but I have a power emotionally. I have an authority that I I believe is granted by God, that the husband is the head of a home. Mm -hmm. But I'm not using that to pick a six-year-old up and throw them in the room because they're getting on my nerves. I'm using that to stop them from running into traffic. So I use what God has given me for the benefit of those that he gave me to lead and protect. That's great. Right? When I use it selfishly, that that's where you head down a path of masculinity. And in a healthy marriage and relationship, uh, a wife and children mm-hmm. should be able to count on that from dad. Mm-hmm. Aside from blowing it, like all of us are going to do, like dad's general um, uh, disposition is he's going to use his power and his authority to benefit and to protect me. That does not take power and authority away from a woman Hmm. or a wife in this scenario. That that doesn't mean Heidi doesn't have power, because Heidi has the same privilege. She has sure. power and authority, yep. right? What that does is say, if somebody's going to take a hit, dad's going to step to the front of the line. And I think in culture, in a healthy masculine culture, a church, a community, that's what men should be doing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, on like 9-11, most of the firefighters and police officers who were lost that day were men, not all, but most. Mm-hmm. Most of our soldiers, not all, but most, were men. We we make that heroic. We're like, they use their strength. They use their power to protect and to sacrifice. They, they, stop, they stood in the front of the line. It's not that women don't or shouldn't. I, that This is not like a, well, men and women. It's not even a role thing. We're just talking about tas- ma- toxic masculinity. Right, right. So just two men in mm-hmm. this conversation. I'm like, that's what that looks like. And that's what Jesus looked like. Jesus was extremely masculine. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at who he squared off with, and you look at what he would not back down from, mm-hmm. from demons to Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he would not, the, the, uh, the Jesus playing soccer with a child is not a real accurate portrayal of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He, in, you look at his endurance of the cross. You think about like, um, I, I always remember being a kid when my dad would smash his finger or something, he never cried. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what is that? Well, he wasn't being macho. He was just a grown-up, yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. And so I'm like, but I, I look at Jesus, and I'm like, right. 
that that was masculinity on display given as love yeah and service and protection and help and so it's celebrated yep you know and we could on another podcast we could have this whole conversation about femininity sure you know so so i think that's i think it's a really big deal and i and i i actually I don't think that's always celebrated in our culture. I think what's celebrated a lot is that um, if men aren't going to be pigs, they need to think and act and feel like women. And I'm like, I disagree with that. Yeah. I also disagree that if you're musical and artistic, that uh, you're not masculine. Sure. I'm like anybody. David killed tens of thousands of people and wrote poetry. Mm-hmm. So, yep. right? And and you're talking to a musical artistic guy. Yep. You know. So I don't think it's like hunting, fishing, killing, and and everything else is some version of feminine. But all of that, our, our culture tries to categorize us, mm-hmm. and. I think as Christian men, we shouldn't allow ourselves to be thrown into those boxes. Yep. And if I'm looking at Jesus as my example, I'm like, yeah, he just was first in line. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love how <clears throat> Jesus does give us so many of those great examples, um, because even when he did, you, you use the playing soccer with kids uh, motif, like Jesus understood the power that he had to invest in others. And that's um, another thing that you kind of addressed is like a part of being a man is making sure that you're raising up the next generation, whether it's your own children, uh, niece, nephew, kids in your neighborhood, whatever it is, you're a part of being that healthy example for others. Yeah, and and when those kids don't have father figures— to be able to trust another godly, safe man in their life is is a massive thing. And I even would look at, I, you know what I think um, one of the most critical male figures in a family is? Hmm. Is the oldest brother. Hmm. And and I think, I think that oldest brother sets a pace. That those siblings, because your little siblings idolize you and they will copy you and so all you're doing is saying i'll go first and uh i'm aware that that's happening and so i'm going to try to capture that and and help them with it i think that's a role that um i think in the conversations i've had with people and to be quite transparent even in my own uh, siblinghood, like I think that one's overlooked. I think that's a great challenge to <clears throat> continue to encourage um, those older brothers to look at because it can be incredibly powerful. Yeah. And um, for someone that sits as the oldest in our family, you can forget it. Um, you can kind of just go about living your life and go, yeah, they're just my siblings, but they've told me. I I, I know that that exists. Like, no, we we look to you in those ways. Yeah. And, um, it's a big well, my deal. my big brother certainly did that for me, and 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 this this is it's a little bit of a rabbit trail, kind of. But like that's where like uh, a toxic version of that is. I'm your big brother, and you're an idiot, and I beat mm-hmm. you up all the time, and you're more. 
And a godly version of that is I'm a big brother and I invite you and I check on you and I pick you to be on my team. And, yeah. you know, it, it's it's the same thing. Like when, when you are first in line to serve, first in line to sacrifice, first in line to protect, you often wind up being first in line to lead. Yeah. And um, if servanthood's above you, leadership's beneath you, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it, it's versions of that. It's not going to come out perfectly. Um, it, 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 but th- this is what I would say. I think when this term is used in our culture, it's usually used as the oversex, over-controlling, over-egotistical uh, guy. And I think that that is toxic. Yep. I think it's equally toxic to be passive, to be distracted, to be a perpetual child, to be 35 years old and addicted to video games, um, uh, to, to, to surrender spiritual leadership to your wife. Why is she begging you to come to church or begging you to be in a small group? Why isn't it the other way? Why does mom pray and do devotions? Why aren't you doing that or sharing that, mm-hmm. right? I think that is equally toxic. Absolutely. Um, and and I so I I think it's two sides of a narrow path. And uh, a godly strong man is is looking for that narrow path that that honors Jesus and looks a lot like him. That's really really good. Now let's um, build a scenario here. If you're listening, and you just really haven't had those examples. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe you had an absent or bad father. Um, maybe your brother was closer to the description you just gave of addicted to video games, kind of absent from being a part of the family. Maybe you've had the bad boyfriends or the bad friends or the bad whatevers. And you're like, Jeff, this sounds nice and all, but my experience truly is that every male in my life has been toxic. Yep. Where do I go to get the... <clears throat> The, the the refreshing view of what we're describing here? Uh, ideally to church. And so uh, you're looking for somebody in your spiritual community that you can look up to, and and uh, it's probably somebody older, um, and and you're just looking and saying that. What, what I would do is I look around, and I'd be like, that guy's kids love Jesus, and his wife loves him. I should <laughs> buy that guy coffee. Like, whether he knows it or not, something worked, and he got the outcome that I want to have, and I have no idea how to do that. Yep. Um, that is an ideal scenario. Another ideal scenario is is to simply band together with a few of your Christian brothers and say, none of us have really good dads. Let's study the Bible. The Bible is given to us by a Heavenly Father who's a really, really good father. Let's, let's look at this. Let's look at Jesus. Let's try to figure out a little bit how this played out mm-hmm. in real time real life right now um, and I and I think in a in a loving environment all that happens it, it's a, Heidi and I were talking one time we had gotten together with some friends um, at, at the in somebody's back porch you know and just had like a summer night little dinner thing and um, and as we were there, we we it kind of dawned, it didn't dawn us at first, but once we got there, it dawned us like, oh, these are all of our kids' friends' parents, <laughs> hmm. you know. So in some ways, the kids were closer than the parents were as a unit. And uh, 
we had a great time with them. We were driving home, and I told Heidi, I said, our kids are unbelievably blessed hmm. that they have these godly women and men in their life and and um the parts of dad that dad's not good at mr so-and-so is good at where he's got a blind spot mr such-and-such is that and i'm like our our kids were raised by um a church family of people that really do love jesus and really are seeking to walk with him and because we're all sinners and imperfect, when you put those four or five fathers and mothers together, I'm like, our kids got something special mm-hmm. out of that, you know? And so, but guys, listen to me. If you're listening to this, it's why you go to church every week. It's why you serve. You, you have to play the odds, and you have to have your family in that environment and and uh, the it's, it's why you don't take seasons, football season, baseball season away, because you your kids don't hang out with those parents. They only hang out with the kids and the coaches, and then you don't talk to those people again until the next season. It, it it you have to create these environments, and it's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. You're just playing the odds, um, but you you're able to have your children around uh, men, and I'll add women in there, who offset those weaknesses. If I'm a single mom, if I'm a dad who has didn't have a dad, I'm leaning into that as hard as I possibly can. Yeah. You know, because I'm probably learning dad stuff as my kids are learning dad stuff Yep. as we go away. So you don't mimic those guys. You don't, you know, we do whatever Joe does. Like, I, don't do that. But but it's like you're just picking it up, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Um, you don't have to scream at your kid to get them to listen to you. Huh. Like, I, like for many people, like, I've never had my mom not scream at me. Yep. Like, I don't even know what that's like. It's that kind of stuff. And, and the, the body of Christ can, it's not perfect, it's not a guarantee, but it can help a lot in that stuff. That's awesome. And this is going to be something that we're always striving for, um, because as you said, the church isn't perfect, but um, it is more full of people that are trying to continue to follow after Christ and be changed uh, by Him. Uh, if you have follow-up questions to this, or if you have a different question in general, uh, we would love to get to those and continue to discuss uh, these different questions that kind of boggle us from time to time or where things are confusing. If you have one, you could submit it at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. Um, and if we can help you, maybe it's getting connected to community, uh, maybe it's finding some mentors in your life, or even finding a place where you can kind of give of yourself, maybe step in to one of these scenarios where folks need that type of investment and mentorship. We'd love to help you take those steps. If you like what you're hearing, uh, make sure you subscribe and follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're in the area looking for a church home, we'd love to have you join us here at Grace uh, or online if you're away as well. Well, thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. Until next time.